0: Demon fans, and welcome back to a special trade period wrap-up edition of the Demon Land podcast. My name is Andy, and tonight I'm joined by regular co- Demonland co-host, Grape Viney. Good evening, Grape Viney. How are you? Thank
1: you, Andy. Good evening.
0: Um, also joining us tonight to discuss all things trade is our man on the outer, uh, George. Uh, George on the outer. Good evening. How are you? Good
2: evening, Andy. Good evening, uh, Grape Viney. Isn't, isn't trade...
0: Well, George, we lost you for a second, but I bet you you were just about to say, isn't trade period the best time of the year?
2: It is. It's just fantastic. Six weeks ago, we were all miserable and uh, suffering a severe case of MFCSS, and uh, now people are upbeat and uh, hopeful enthusiastic, although I've heard that... um, so while you're little, and pick a fence have ordered some fresh uh, razor blades for their own personal use. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so, um, no doubt that they have. Um, yeah, this. Uh, I mean, Demonland's been going since 2000, and uh, every year this time of the year, it's always full of hope. Um, you know, fresh, fresh players, players leaving. Uh, it's it's all it's a new beginning uh, at Demonland um but uh we're still yet to taste that ultimate uh ultimate glory so um yeah let's uh let's hope this new beginning is uh is something- uh something great Um, I might start, we might start the show, um, before we do that, uh, if you would like to join us tonight, uh, join in on the discussion. We, we do want to hear from you. Are you happy with the trades, angry with the trades, you're ambivalent or, or just plain sick of seeing Joe Danaher's mug all over your social media feeds. Give us a call. We love hearing from demon ladders and fans of the show. Um, join us, uh, zero, you can give us a call, zero three nine zero one six three triple six, or give us a Skype on Demonland 31. If you're listening to the show live, join us in the chat room. If you don't want to give us a call, uh, you can ask questions and post comments, just head over to demonland.com slash podcast. If you're listening to this later on at your leisure uh, via SoundCloud on demonland.com or or via Apple or an Android podcasting app, uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can receive updates when a new show drops. Uh, Hopefully, we'll do one, another one uh, after the draft. Uh, Don't forget to leave us a favorable review. Uh, It does help more people find us. We're also on Spotify, so uh, get over there and uh, you can listen to the show that way too or just head over to demonland.com and you can find links to your preferred method of listening. Of course, you can follow us on social media, Facebook at facebook.com slash demonland31, Twitter at demonland, on Instagram at demonland31, or go to YouTube and search for Demonland Podcast and you can listen to some of the great interviews that we've conducted with current and past players and coaches. Or if you just love talking about the Ds 24-7 all year round, uh, the last couple of weeks we've just been talking trades, uh, head over to demonland.com and chat with other Ds about this great club. Now, guys, I, I might, uh, we might just start off the show and I might go to you, Great Viney, first and ask you, going into trade week, what were your expectations of, of what the D's would happen, what would be involved in, um, what do you think would happen?
1: Uh, I, I don't know that I knew what I thought was going to happen, more what I hoped was going to happen, yes. and I guess that was uh, um, to pick up, uh, pick up some outside run. Um, hopefully uh, uh, all players that we picked up would have the, uh, you know, requisite skills um, in terms of, of, of kicking and, uh, and things like that. But uh, look, mainly the outside run, hopeful for a small forward too. Um, obviously we, uh, we don't have that at this stage, um, but I think we've done uh, pretty well so far in terms of Langdon and, uh, and Tomlinson in addressing that other area, which... I think we'd probably all agree um, uh, was
2: uh, uh, was was a sore point.
0: Uh, George, uh, what were your hopes and dreams uh, going into uh, Trade Week? I, th-
2: I think um, I'd recall um, previous recruiting managers and coaches that we've talked to over the years who all, all say the same thing, which is you, you trade for your needs and you draft for your talent. Um And I think Craig Viney's just identified a couple of the needs we had. Uh, Small forward, outside run. Um, I I suspect we also need probably another big forward. But uh, when you look at what's available in the draft and how quickly we were able to get, certainly the um, wingers uh, in Langdon and Tomlinson on board, I think that was a a fantastic um, response. I, I recall also... Uh, Josh Marnie saying during the trade period that uh, Melbourne had tried 15 people on the wing during the season so that sort of indicates uh, probably the top priority that uh, the club had and we certainly filled that uh, that priority very well.
0: Yeah it's an interesting point you bring up about uh, who we tried on the wing. Uh, We did try a lot of players and uh, None of them. Well, some of them Uh-oh. are not even. You know, that's not their main position. Uh, Angus Brayshaw started the year out there. We we, we uh, you know we we thought he was playing out there because he was carrying an injury and obviously they didn't want to uh, exacerbate that injury by playing sort of an inside mid role and uh you know it sort of didn't work for him on the on the wing um uh, Jonesy was tried there it was a number of players and then uh you know uh you know injuries of course sort of uh you know necessitated us playing uh players there that probably shouldn't have been playing there um, what I thought I might do is um, we'll go through the individual trades that we we were involved in, and then I'll get your thoughts uh, on that. Uh, just be, just before
1: we do that, yeah. Andy, uh, just to pick up on something that George said, I'm just curious because there was a lot of discussion about whether we did require an additional um, key forward. I'm of the view that we're probably all right um, with Wiedemann McDonald. Um, and then medium sizes, you know, uh, Fritch, um, Milksham and, and Petrack probably still spending a fair bit of time through there, but... Um yeah, there, there was quite a bit of debate about whether we uh, whether we've got enough there uh, with McDonald and Wiedemann,
0: and we might touch on that a bit later on because after after we discuss the okay. actual after <laughs> uh, no, no no that's fine that's fine I, I I didn't really discuss with you guys the format I wanted to take I think what we'll do is we'll discuss the individual trades we were involved in then I got sort of a list of players um, that. A lot of people on Demonland were were sort of throwing forward uh, f- that you know we should look at and where our deficiency were mostly in forward line, both tall and and small. So so maybe once we yep. discuss those players, we can we can uh, discuss our thoughts on whether we actually do need those players or not, and um, you know whether whether you thought we were actually going for these guys, whether they wanted to come to us or not. or So we'll discuss that in a moment. But um, the first trade uh, to drop for us uh, wasn't uh, really a trade. Uh, it was the Adam Tomlinson bringing him in, signed on as an unrestricted free agent. Uh, the Giants received uh, a second round draft pick as, conversa- as compensation. At the time, that was uh, pick 40. I'm sure that's uh, 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 gone uh, beyond that at the moment. Um. So Tomlinson, uh, look, it, it, we sort of knew going into the trade period. Uh, we knew this before the trade period. Uh, when the during the finals, um, even in in the first couple of weeks of the finals, we knew um, Tomlinson was going to be leaving uh, the Giants, and uh, we were the. Uh, I think probably. Well, we're the only suitor at the time, I think. Um, And, you know, we got the man pretty early on. It was one of the first (laughs) trades to drop. So, Greg Viney, you you happy with uh, bringing Tomlinson into the team? Uh,
1: Look, I am. Um, I I don't think he's he's not a world beater. um, But uh, uh, he's performed pretty well for GWS over three, four seasons now, I think. Um, Look, he didn't have a, Great final series by any stretch of the imagination, and a lot. I think that a lot of the criticism um, that he's copying on Demon Land is based off uh, those two games, um, including the Granny. Um, but uh, look, as has also been pointed out online, um, he's uh, he's been consistently selected for um, uh, for the Giants going back over a number of years. It's not easy to uh, to make their twenty-two. Um, and that's a sign of, uh, of the quality of player, um, and I don't think there's any doubt that he strengthens our list.
0: Uh, George, uh you happy with Tomlinson?
2: Yeah, total, totally agree. Um, as as Great Viney just said, uh, the fact that he's a regular participant in a very, very talented side um, I think is a very uh, good sign for us. Um, I think his uh, finals form uh, was also made difficult by... Um, the fact that he was used as a backup ruck—it's um, it, pretty hard to play a wing role and then then you know go into the bash and crash of the ruck role and expect it to come back and, and play well. But uh, in the final against Richmond, I doubt. Well, I don't think there were too many GWS players who did did play well, so he wasn't on his own in, in that case. But um, yeah, I think he'll add, add exactly what we need uh, in a wing role. He's a big big guy. He can run. Um, he can take a mark. Um, we can only wait and see now. But it, uh, given what else was available in the draft in those roles, unless you were looking at a, a Brad Hill and uh, having to pay a lot of money for that, um, there weren't too many, too many other of that outside running type role players. And I think we got two out of the three that were available.
0: Um, so um, they've, they've drafted, they've, they've said they're going to play him on the wing. Um, I believe uh, that's that's sort of how they sold it to him. Um, he has, we know, played up forward. Uh, and you did mention, um, you know, that some of his final form was sort of impacted because he, he did have to play that crash and bash uh, ruck, uh, sort of backup ruck. But I reckon I've got news for you. I think yeah. we've also got him in to play that exact role because I can guarantee you he's going to be now the uh, backup ruck to Maxi, where Maxi goes off for that rest for the last five minutes of quarters and stuff like that, uh, he he will definitely be the the ruckman. Rather that you know, we've sort of complained a little bit about having to take out T-Mac or Wiedemann out of the forward role, leaving us one tall forward short uh, in that period of time while they're playing back up Ruck. I guarantee you that's the role Tomlinson's going to be playing. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if he's aware of that yet, but uh, but I can guarantee you he's going to be used in that capacity uh, for sure. Do, do you agree with that uh, sentiment? Uh, do you think he will play that role or, or am I uh, off the mark there? <laughs>
2: No, I, I agree with you. It depends on who, who, who you're playing as well. Um, the Pruce option is, is still there for us. But um, uh, the, the, the pity of last season in particular was when whenever we only had that one Ruckman available in max, um, you had to um, pinch either a T-Mac or a Wiedemann out of the forward line, and that just created more problems in itself. This, this, this is going to create... Uh, having Tomlinson there as an option is going to be a fantastic option for us to be able to um, still leave the forward line intact um, while, he, while he fills that role. So um, and, and I think the same thing will apply to Langdon. When, you, when you've got people who can play multiple roles, then you, you're not disadvantaged as we were so badly during the season with the uh, injuries that we had all around the ground.
0: Yeah, no, uh, the thing I like about Tomlinson as well, and you mentioned it, was the fact that he's played. Um, what were his stats in terms of? I think he would played eighty or something of the last uh, 80. eighty-three
1: of eighty-four. Yeah, I think. yeah, and uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's
0: what we need. I mean, just our luck, he'll come to us and <laughs> and and, uh, and spend some uh, time on the on the sidelines. Uh, but um, that's just my MFCSS coming through. But um, yeah, no, that's that, that's sort of good to see. You want players that are consistently on the park. Um, uh, Does MFCSS
2: get a, a six-week break like <laughs> all the players do? No. In it's this period,
0: so. uh, in fully entrenched in, in my <laughs> everyday life. Yeah. Um, so, that, so that's Tomlinson. I'm 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 happy with it. Um, you know, you've watched his highlights. I, I like what I see. But then again, highlights everyone looks good in in highlights. Um, but um, yeah, we look. We we went in with the you know into the trade period wanting you know our, one of our biggest deficiencies is how we use the wings and and that outside run and we've picked up two guys who that is what they do. So um, you know, g- good on the MFC for. Um, for going out and getting exactly what we needed. So that brings us to uh, Ed Langdon. Um, We received uh, Langdon pick 26 uh, and Frio's uh, future fourth round pick uh, for our picks uh, 22, 79 and our future second round pick. Were were you happy with the trade? Not about whether you're happy whether we got Langdon, but the the trade as it stands. uh, Did we win that trade? Did we give up too much? Did we get bent over a barrel?
1: I think it's fi- absolutely not. Um, uh, as you say, you put Langdon to one side, 26 for 22 um, is really probably not that much of a difference. And then, yeah, once you're into the 79s and fourth rounds and second rounds and, yeah, but it's- it, it, it doesn't matter a whole lot. Look, people, um, you know, you tally up the points and you worry about next year's draft. Um, The focus has got to be, you know, heavily weighted towards um, uh, the short term um, or the short and medium term. And uh, I I see this as a a good trade
0: in that sense. George, your thoughts on the the trade?
2: I'm not a great fan of of all the uh, talk around trades about whether you've won or lost or, uh, you know, whether you should have given this pick away or not. At the end of the day, you've got two parties who have to agree Um, and if you don't want to agree, then you walk away from it. Um, And I think it's a good sign that we've got that at a very early stage in this 10-day period, we got our trades done Um, and then you go on to the next one and uh, that may well have been uh, critical in terms of what what will fall out of of all of this uh, when we get to the draft stage. Um, But, you know, whether we give pick 22 or whether we give a... Future third round. Who cares? We've got yep. we've got Langdon, which is exactly what we wanted. So um, all credit must go to, to Marnie for that for getting it done quickly and getting it done. Uh, how how does uh, Papley and Danaher feel? How do Esmond and Sydney feel about and Carlton as well? Yeah, you know, they couldn't get their trades done. We got what we wanted,
0: uh, and we got them done fairly early in the piece. Like, it seems like we don't muck around. We we identify. The players that we want, the players that we need, uh, we go out and get those trades done. Um, so, you know, full credit to the D's for getting out on the front foot and getting these trades done. Uh, seems like um, in this case, with with Langdon Bell, wasn't uh, he didn't seem to be playing funny buggers like uh, perhaps he did last year with um, mm. with uh, uh, with Hogan. Uh, so yeah, it was good on the D's for getting getting those done fairly quickly, and uh, it seems like in the wash up of of everything, the the Tomlinson and Langdon parts were sort of forgotten when they were talking about all the trades uh, and stuff that was done. Uh, sort of yeah. got they got lost, um, uh, but we got that done very early, so good on the the club for doing that. But Langdon as a player, you 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 happy with uh, happy with our boys?
1: Uh, look I'm ecstatic. Um, I've watched a lot of Ed Langdon I saw almost all the highlights packages that were on the thread
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and he's exactly what we need <laughs> look I've uh, 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 been completely honest uh, I watch a lot of uh, a lot of games involving um, uh, involving you know neutral games non Melbourne games but uh, for some reason I don't see any of these players, or know how good they are, but uh, yeah,
0: George.
2: Yeah, very pleased with what again what we've seen. Um, he seems to have that that bit of pace which has been so dramatically lacking. Uh, he's obviously got a bit more pace than Tomlinson, but uh, yeah, he's he's going to he's exactly what we need. Um, so very happy with that all round. Um, I think the other thing that people forget in terms of these trades getting done early is because we trade for you know further picks in the draft and further down down the draft and next year we can then move on to the next trade knowing what we've got in our back pocket um, it, it puts us in a better better position at the later points in the in the trade period um, people who spend the 10 days stuffing around trying to get something done and quibbling over a few um, positions in the draft um, at the end of the day don't get it done So um, I think we move on to the next one and move on to the next one after that, and that's a a real credit to us. So much happier with the way we do things and happy with what we've got. So
1: yeah, Uh, gotta agree.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, So we'll move on to um, to Sam Frost. Um, This sort of uh, came well when it was initially sort of reported. Uh, I think we go back to about September tenth. I saw a post. Uh, on Not on not initially on Demon Land, but uh, our good friend and uh, co-host of the show on occasions, uh, Super Mercado, uh, on Twitter under his at Demon blog account. He posted, um, Sam Frost, and this was, I think was September 10th, Sam Frost spotted a Waverly Park. I would dead set punch on. Um, I sort of messaged him and said, where'd you hear this? And he said, someone <clears throat> that he knew or or had um, had relayed that information to him. I didn't get any more information than that. Then that uh, sparked the 66-page thread on Demonland, uh regarding uh, Sam Frost. So uh, a few days later, or a day and a bit later, it was then being reported um, that uh, we weren't going to be offering Sam Frost a contract, or, or I don't think we'd offered him anything. I don't think it was even a matter of us sort of lowballing him. I, I think we... Weren't offering him anything. Um, what was what was what's your memory of that situation? I haven't gone back and and read the post. Uh, Greg Viney, do you remember? Yeah, what the... there was
1: a bit of conjecture about that, but I think you're right that ultimately the club, uh, well, certainly to the point, um, yeah, uh, to that point, hadn't made an offer. No. Well,
0: did did that uh, did that shock you, uh, George? I'll ask you first. Uh, were you shocked? Uh, 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 I will mention that uh, he did, uh, Sam Frost finished ninth in the Demons uh, B&F, and maybe later in the show he might just talk about the B&F. Uh, he finished ninth in the B&F, uh, he finished eighth in the Demonland Player of the Year. Um, were you shocked that uh, we weren't going to be, uh, that we were considering trading him? Uh, obviously there are probably factors involved in that, particularly maybe you know getting some uh, salary cap relief, um, but... He was one of our best backmen this year. Um, you know, He's one of our uh, only backmen. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, there, there's a lot of uh, you know. Obviously, Omac isn't a, a favourite on, on Demon Land, um, and in the, the wider Demon community. So, uh, were you shocked that uh, we weren't uh, considering keeping him? Obviously, uh, he was out of contract, so he was in that prime position to be traded. Um, but contracts, yep. we know, don't really mean much uh, in this day and age anyway. So uh, how do yeah, you feel I, with that, George?
2: I, I think that that was the critical factor um, when it all comes down to it about the contract position. Um, you're up for negotiation. Um, the the, in, the player's looking for better offers. Um, if someone else is offering something better, then it's um, fair enough that they go and try and pursue that. Um i think sam became a fan favorite you know those wild rushes out, out of defense and uh, the long booming kicks um, everybody remembers those but they i think they also remember the um the wild turnovers that occurred um, but still he between him and oscar they held the, the back line together for the first half of the year um, and i think we we should be grateful for that um, even though a lot of people might criticize oscar but he he took the heat for a, for a lot of uh, big forwards um, because we had no one else. So, but but Sam, when you look through the list, um, who would we have had otherwise to trade? Um, you don't want to be trying to trade, or you don't want to trade out the Olivers and the Brayshaws and the real talent of the side. Um, so you start to look at that second tier of, of players who you can trade and get some value. Um, then when are they in or out of contract? Uh, and unfortunately, in mean, Sam's case, timings or timing, sort of timing uh, was, was the critical factor. So uh, it's not surprising. I'd like to know why Super Mercado was hanging out at Hawthorne though. Um, to, to <laughs> uh...
0: I think he just waits out there just waiting to see if no, any I've, Melbourne players I've plays. got
2: visions of him now <laughs> standing outside that concrete bunker out at Loverley um, yeah. you'll, have to, you'll have to explain it to us I think
0: Yeah I, th- I think it was uh, someone had, had relayed that information to him I don't think he was sitting outside a service station uh, Maybe he was ridiculous. part of
1: the push to uh, to bring Uze back to Melbourne
0: Let's hope so. Perhaps we can yeah. talk about that as well a bit later on because I'd love to see Uze back at the club, but uh, that's not happening at the moment. Um, yeah, so just on, uh, Sam Frost, uh, Grapeviney, uh, did it come as a shock to you? Or, or
1: Not really. I think, as George said, when you look through the list and where sort of strength and um, depth and numbers lie, um, Sam's probably surplus or, you know. We've got a, um, a number of, uh, of big backs. Um, you know, Harrison Petty's in the conversation. He's also possibly in the conversation up the other end of the ground too. Um, but, you know, May and Lever uh, are going to be the, the main two there. Um, and then you've got the likes of uh, um, of Hoare and Hibbard, Nev, um, uh, and, and Oscar uh, uh, possibly playing a role too. So... Um, wasn't shocked, and uh, uh, you know, not all that uh, not all that distressed about Sand's departure. Wish him all the best though.
0: Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, where I was sort of uh, shocked, it was just with my my own uh, MFC SS. Uh, the and for those not familiar with the term, the Melbourne Football Club supporters syndrome, uh, where we've had that veil of negativity just over us. Um, now, I just, I'm just i thinking, you know, if May, with his uh, hammy issues, if he goes down uh, multiple times during the year and uh, Lever, uh, you know, we haven't got full year out of him yet. Uh, if he has any flare-ups, uh, we are light down back and I, I would hate to have to rely on Oscar uh, as our Yeah, but The, the truth
1: is if, if you have, um, you know, numerous injuries to key players – um, yeah, over close. the year, in any part of the ground, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. It happened up forward this year. It happened down back. Yeah. Um, mm. It didn't really happen with the midfield. They had most of their injuries um, preseason, yes, uh, and were afflicted with the the, the post surgery stuff. But yeah, that's a, that's a reality, and there's you can only have so much depth and coverage.
0: Yeah, twenty nineteen has just shell shocked me. So, uh, forgive forgive me. Um, so the Sam Frost trade uh, traded to Hawthorne along with pick 42 and 61. Uh, we then received Hawthorne's pick 50 and their future second round pick, uh, which when you compare that with the Langdon one, we had given up a future second round. So we sort of got that back uh, with that trade. Yeah. Um, which
1: goes to George's point that when you get your deals done quickly and efficiently, you know you know what you need to get back and what you're still able to give away in the future. So um, that proves that point exactly.
0: Um, so uh, I'll start with George the the trade as it is taking Sam Frost out of the picture, just uh, all the other sort of, or even with Sam Frost in it. How how do you think we went with that particular trade? Just the Sam Frost trade. Yeah, the Sam Frost trade. Uh, just up yeah. on that one.
2: Um, as I said, the, he 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 was the one, unfortunately, at the wrong time, I suppose. From uh, in terms of being at Melbourne, but good luck to him. He's he's off to Hawthorne now. Um, he'll he'll fill a hole very nicely down at Hawthorne, with uh, particularly with Frawley getting towards the end of his career. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether Mister Clark's can. can um, take that wild element out of him, but I suspect that um, that may not be the case. So, yeah. good, good luck to him. But we just have to concentrate on we've got we've, you know, we've got May and Lever, hopefully, that, that they will be there for the season. Um, as Craig Piney said, we, we've got a good group of other um, backmen available. Um, I don't think the deficiency is down, down the back. I think a deficiency, should it ever occur, is more up the forward line, but we'll talk about that a bit later on, I think.
0: Yep, uh, and just I guess you you have the same theory in regards to what we gave up and what we got back uh, with the with yep. the Langdon trade. So um,
2: yeah, whatever whatever works for both parties works for both parties. That's fine. Hawthorne got that man. We we got a couple of picks. We got we cleared some a bit of salary space, I suppose. Um, and uh, every every party walks away. And next year we might be dealing with Hawthorne for something else. And it's good to have a good relationship. With the other um, uh, trade managers, Um, I think it's well known that some people are very um, stubborn and pig-headed about trading and those reputations um, do precede them. And it's not surprising that yet again this year the same people have failed to get the deals over the line um, who had those reputations.
0: Uh, yeah, e- exactly. Um, we'll move on to the other sort of the bo- the bombshell uh, sort of came down um, in in the last uh, day or two um, when we swapped. Uh, we did this uh, bold uh, pick swap, uh, you know, uh, with North Melbourne, sort of uh, putting all of our our uh, you know putting uh, our faith in uh, the twenty twenty season and the fact that we believe that uh we'll we'll have a good year and we've traded in pick uh eight from north melbourne uh we gave up uh pick 26 uh pick 50 uh and our future first round uh pick next year now that that's a big one now when you talk about futures and all that uh you went future seconds and fourths whatever but future first that, that that is a big one um what are your thoughts on, on that obviously we get P.K. giving us two picks in the uh, in the top ten, which is is massive this year, uh, and the, you know the, there's the theory next year that it, there's a lot of uh, academy picks and father son picks, so first round, you know, could be pushed up. But if we come bottom. Uh, pick one <laughs> going to north That that's not a good prospect. Uh, what, thoughts? I'll go to you, George, first. What's your thoughts on that trade? Uh, you can I, pick it I, up. I think
2: up. I'll pick up on the last point that you made that if we finish bottom next year, we've got more problems than worrying about the yep. draft. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> that's true. <laughs>
2: um, and what we traded away this year to get. Uh, oh, this, this was an absolute ripper of a trade from from our perspective, in, in the sense that. Uh, we've gone from one pick in the, uh, in the top 10 to suddenly two. And all the con- again, all the consequences that have now come out of, of that about the discussions about whether uh, GWS are going to pick green with pick three or not, whether Frio will do a similar sort of arrangement to try and uh, move up with their interest in one of their academy players. Um, all of this is now possible because we've we've done this trade. If we just sit, sat with pick three, Um, there wouldn't be this discussion in in a sense. So um, it gives us something in the back pocket. It gives us the possibility of improving our position um, right up to trade night now. But it was a, a ripper of a trade. And I think the important thing that everybody obviously has picked up on is that we're backing ourselves not to finish bottom the next year so that we're not actually giving away all that much. So... It, it, it was a bolt from the blue after all the other trades had been done. I suspect Marnie again had been doing a fair bit of work in the background to get this one up and uh, up and running and finding out you know which club amongst the other 17 was prepared to um, put something along these lines up. And he found North Melbourne. So good luck <laughs> to us and maybe good luck to North Melbourne next year. But um, we hope that, that won't be the case.
0: Uh, why would North have uh, – I can see why we've done that to bring that in. Uh, what do you, you – put your North Melbourne hat on for a moment. Why would they have done this trade? Obviously, they're backing us to have a, a crap year, uh, but that may or may not happen. What what What's the benefit from their perspective? I know they got picked 26 and 50, but uh, yeah. um, with the North Melbourne hat, what, what's, what's the benefit for them? What are they seeing that we're not, or are they crazy?
2: Um, <laughs> I, I really don't know because I don't follow North <laughs> well, yeah. well, but, um, it's interesting. I, I do have a, 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 mad North Melbourne acquaintance who said many years ago, North Melbourne are in the position where they can never bottom out. So they keep having to select a lot of mid range players, um, just to keep themselves um, in the middle of the pack. It'll never get them to the point, unfortunately, of getting towards premiership. But just as equally, the worst thing that can happen to them as a club is to finish down the bottom somewhere. So picking up a couple of picks, extra picks this year, and potentially another mid, mid-range pick, you know, Melbourne finishes in the middle um, of the pack next year, picking up an additional pick suits their long-term um, ideas. But maybe they just are crazy. Uh,
0: great, Viney. Your thoughts on, on that uh, trade?
2: I'm like George. I loved it. Uh,
1: I actually couldn't believe it when I saw it, which goes to the other point of, you know, putting the North Melbourne hat on. I can't see why they'd do it unless, you know, they're just extremely confident that we're going to bomb out next year and they're going to get, you know, a um, uh, first or first or second pick. But um, I love uh, I love what Marnie's done. As George said, you know, getting the two. Um, getting the two picks inside 10 this year is is great. Um, and, look, it's, it's funny reading about it on the forum. Goodwin's critics paint moves like this as, um, you know, Goodwin gambling and trying to save his skin next year and, you know, get, we're going all in next year. Well, what do you want them to do? Would you rather that he plot... A slow three-year course back to the finals. Um, uh, we should be going all in next year, and uh, I, I agree that if uh, if we do, you know, finish um, uh, at the lower end of the table, we've got more issues than um, uh, than a, a missed number one pick or a missed number two pick. So um, I love it. it; gives us a lot of flexibility. Uh, a, a lot of flexibility. Um, going into
0: it this year um if you want to follow along uh next year how that pick is going uh, there is a twitter account called <laughs> at at D's pick uh, there was a at crow's pick um uh going the whole year which uh sort of documented uh where Adelaide and Carlton were situated in terms of you know they kept weekly almost per game updates of um how the who who had the pick which pick Adelaide and Carlton had with their pick swap there is now that uh same thing for the uh where you can track uh North Melbourne's future first round draft pick throughout I love 2020 it.
1: I, I love it that a draft pick has got its own Twitter handle <laughs> although I must say I was a bit annoyed when about 10 minutes after it was created it had three times as many followers as i've got and so i started to think about uh, about how many people are following it now
0: well there are, i can tell you that <coughs> excuse me i've got a bit of a, a cough going here um the at crow's pick had um uh, currently has four thousand three hundred eighteen picks and we, we know the result of of who, who got what in that one the at these pick uh, currently has seven hundred and forty-nine followers, so um, yep. I'm sure that will grow throughout the year uh, as the journals all get onto it and uh, sort of retweet it. That's when they, those things start gathering steam, and I'm sure as those things get updated next year, we'll see more uh, more followers uh, jump on board on that one. Uh, you can also follow that on, on Demonland.com. We will be uh, we will be having regular updates of, of that. I'm sure uh, throughout oh, the year.
2: Oh, okay. I hope there's not too many more followers <laughs> for that. <laughs> Very sad.
0: It is now. Now, what we might talk about um, before we talk about other names that were in the trade, uh, we might just quickly talk about. Uh, we had mentioned pick three and the prospect of us splitting that pick, and and splitting that pick is is doing some deal with a team like, well, for example, GWS, um, and um, you know, taking uh, giving them our pick three because. They've got an academy selection. Uh, they want to take. Um, so, so if we were to nominate this, uh, it's his name Tom Green, uh, not yep. not the actor slash comedian Tom Green, that um, uh, player Tom Green. Uh, they want to get him. So, if we were to nominate him uh, at pick three, uh, what? Ha- what George? Can you explain to me what what that means for them? If we didn't do a deal with them and we were to pick him, uh, they could then bid on him. Is that correct?
2: Um, I'm no expert on this because I sort of give up <laughs> to try, try to get, follow the third what, what if. Um, as far as I understand it, um, uh, if we bid a pick three, um, GWS can select him, yep. providing they, um, but they lose 20% of the points allocated to that pick, um, which, subs, which then affects their subsequent picks. Um, they've got so they, they may not be able to. I, I can't remember what their second and third pick is in any case. Um, I'd have to look that up. It's in uh, the 20s, I think, the second yeah. and then the 40s. And, and so I think they'd lose that pick. I, I might be wrong with, with this, yeah. but they, they may lose that pick as a consequence of that. So they pick up um, one player in green. Now, the possibility is if they get above us um, through trading to get our pick three then they can pass on green at three and wait until somebody else bids on him and they don't have to use as many points. And then they can still use their current pick of uh, 11, uh, I think it is, to pick up um, whoever else they want and um, still pick up green at a subsequently later date. And as the picks move through, the points allocated become less and less and less. So from GWS's perspective – at the moment, if we bid on, on green, um, they can only pick up one top yeah, 10 player.
0: That's they, what I understand as yeah, well, yeah. If,
2: if, it, if it goes the other way, then potentially they could pick up two players. Yeah. Um, so in, in this case, the um, as Josh Marnie said at the exit interview from the trade period, it's all up to GWS now. They're the ones who've got to come to us with something to offer, Um so we we can only wait and see, and I think the same situation occurs with Fremantle, uh, who've got pick six at the moment, um, and uh, they've got is is it Henry, um, an academy player that, they're in a similar sort of situation, um, whether that whether they want to get him um, at that pick, but uh, or not is it, um, so I don't know whether that there's been much talk about that one as well, but um, once again. Having this situation all tied up means that um, the others have got to come to us uh, to try and deal with it, or they just don't bid on Green and maybe we will bid on him in any case. Um, I I really don't know enough about the, the quality of these players. Yeah. Look, at not hear anybody else who's got a better idea about it.
0: Yeah, the, the, well, the I think what you've said is, is sound. I think um, if we do bid on, on green, it, it means they and that well, they obviously want to, want to get him. So if my understanding is, if they take him, then they won't get another pick until pick forty. That's, that, that's, you know. Yeah. Whereas if they do a deal with us. They potentially can get two top uh, ten or or, to, or first round draft picks out of it, which is ideally what they would want. We're holding all the cards in this situation, so they have to do a deal with us. Um, what, for, for, in your mind, uh, what's what's the best result uh, for us there? Um, I, 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 for me, I wanted to sort of do. There were things thrown out like, do, do, what's their first, what's their pick. Uh, they've got pick six or pick seven at the moment, but uh, six yeah so so there was the thought that we would uh, get pick six and their future first round, which who knows what number that's going to be with all the father son and the academies and next year uh, but that brings us back into the first round next year, um, but I while the trades were still going on, I did want to see if we could get a player out of them. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. So, going into the draft, is that all we can get out of them now uh say pick get you know give them pick three and then take pick six in the future first round uh and perhaps some latest <laughs> later picks later but that's sort of the best deal we can get now
2: i i believe i believe that's the that's the case I, I might be wrong but i, I, I... I've tried to trawl through the <laughs> AFL rules around drafting and it just sends me to sleep, unfortunately. So, yeah. Uh, okay. But, yeah, at this stage, I think that uh, the player situation is, is locked up until the, no, that's uh, gone. Yeah. the actual draft itself. So uh, we can't trade for any more players.
0: So, great, Viney. What, what, what do you want to see happen with this uh, pick three? Mm-hmm. You want to just go with pick three? Because if we do do a deal with them, we are then, I think, the best – I think we get pick six, so we're then going to potentially miss out on two other players that we could have got at pick three, because obviously they're going to take Green. Um, So,
1: yeah, look, I've got to admit, I don't know uh, enough about the players at uh, well at any stage of the draft, including the top end of the draft. So, uh, you know, I've seen some of the names who are around and suggestions about who we might take, but. yeah, for me, I guess in, in my mind, when we, when we when pick eight came into the equation, it then sort of thought to me, well, we don't need to split the pick now because in a way we're getting the two picks that you would split the pick for. So um, I, I'm pretty happy if we, um, if we go to the draft with three and eight, um, presuming that there are players that can only be sort of got at those picks.
0: Um. Uh, okay. If we don't, if we don't split it and we keep three and eight, and we take, you know, the, who we think the best available is at the time, um, do we then go vindictive and and cost GWS their um their picks, or we, do we play the nice guy and let it fall through? Well, do, you, do you have what to?
1: What type of a player is Green?
0: Well, Well, from what I read today, Green is a Clayton Oliver Creeps type player, big bodied midfielder type player. Don't know about his pace or anything else, or whether he's the handball king and contested possession king or anything, but I saw him described as a a, a, a big-bodied midfielder.
1: Yeah, look, he could never have too many good mids. Well,
0: I'm not suggesting that we, but, uh, we're we going to get him, whether we force um, their hand to, for yeah, them to bid on yep. him so that we screw them up, uh, essentially. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. look, I, I think in the few names that I've sort of had a look at, names that are being thrown about. I like the idea of getting one of those mids who can go forward and kick goals or specifically a a small forward um, who does that and maybe can spend a bit of time in the midfield.
0: How confident are you with our, with our early uh, draft picks we've uh, we've had some doozies over the years uh we we've you know considering the last decade that we've had we've we have featured quite heavily obviously not in the past couple of years because we've <laughs> traded out our first round picks but uh in the last decade we have had quite a few misses about a hit here or there um, you know we've also split picks and missed out on players like Josh Kelly. Um, How confident are you that our... uh...
1: I'm pretty confident. You know, you're putting a few administrations together there to go back over the decade.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: You know, going back to sort of Craig Cameron days or even earlier. But, um, yeah, I think when we have been at the top end of the draft in recent years, we've done pretty well, I would have thought, you know, Oliver, Brayshaw, Petraka. So... Um
2: yeah, I've got faith. George? Uh, I, I, yeah, I think the Jason Taylor era, era we've um, been more successful than not. Um, and I, th- I think the um, people forget as well that uh, you've got to separate the draft from um, the trade period in the sense that the draft now is is Jason Taylor's game. He's been looking at the talent that's available. I don't know whether Green's a great player or not. He does. Um, is is uh, Green going to be a better pick at pick three, or is there someone else out there who think he he might think is a better pick at pick three? Um, we have to have the faith in the in these guys. That's their job. They spend all year um, looking at these younger players, and they have a fairly good idea about what's available um, out there. And that if if GWS come back to us with something, that some some offer. Once again, we have to evaluate whether that offer is a better one for us in terms of who we think is the best out there and what we can otherwise get. I think the other consideration that we've got to take into account is that basically we've been out of this top first-round draft pick for a couple of years now, and we don't want to be in the situation that we found ourselves in you know, some time ago where we, there's this surf, um, lack of a big gulf of talent missing in the club at a certain age group. Um, we've, we've got to start if we're going to get the talent, if we get a 17 or 18 year old this, this year, they're not going to make all that much difference um, to the team next year. But in two or three years' time we really need to make sure that we've got that talent still continuing to come through. Um, the, the bottom can drop out very quickly once you get yourself in that situation. So I'm a little bit more in favor of we've gone drafting for, sorry, we've gone trading to get the fill the holes. Now we should be um uploading up on the talent while we can.
0: So well um let's hope that um that that um that pick eight uh, swap uh works out and um because uh going into next year without uh, a first rounder, who knows yep. uh, what can happen there. Um well we still might do the deal with uh GWS. Um I think what we'll do now um uh we talked about our our forward line uh, deficiency uh, or you know well the perceived forward line deficiency uh you guys might have uh different thoughts on that there were quite a few forwards uh floating around um a trade period and even though there was a lot of discussion about certain forwards Josh Bruce uh, Josh Jenkins uh you know there was Papley there's Martin there's Butler uh, our name wasn't really thrown around with some of these guys so you didn't hear a lot of us being connected with any of these players um a few whispers here and there but I, I don't think anything solid do you think we were generally looking uh to cover our our well our deficiencies up forward whether small for particularly small forward uh but also uh with a with a big bodied forward
1: yeah, Marnie, uh, Josh Marnie kind of ruled it out in one of his yeah. radio interviews and said that they hadn't been looking um, at it for during the trade period. So uh, it would seem that none of those names were ever really in, uh, in serious
0: contention. Um, I, I was a little bit concerned about the comment that he made in regards to that because he did mention the fact that uh, all right, we have had uh, obviously our issues this year with uh, our forward line with injuries and, you know, we had uh, Mac sort of beginning of the year, was out of form, possibly carrying an injury, started coming good and then was injured again and we know the the issues that uh, Wiedemann had and ended up having hip surgery later. So so we had issues with our tall forwards this year but he did make mention of the fact that in 2018 we had no problems sort of scoring um, and I guess this year we didn't have problems of getting the ball into the forward line. But in 2018, he made mention that we didn't have problems scoring, but we also got to remember that that 2018 team is different to the team that's going to line up into it in 2020. Cause Garlett's not there. Hogan's gone. um
2: guy named Cam Peterson's not there. Yeah,
0: but that, exactly. I forgot about Peterson. He's not there. So uh, I was a little bit concerned about that comment, but um yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I thought we still we need um, some uh, some crumbing forwards, genuine goal kickers, uh, and I don't think we have that even with the uh, younger uh, talent we've got there. Um,
1: and it's interesting because you know, there was we tried to bring in Jamie Elliott, and Elliott is a small forward, but he's not a crummer either. Um, he's very much, uh, and he would have been an upgrade, but very much in the Mitch Hannon mould. Um, yeah. able to take a spectacular mark and, you know, very good on the lead and good hands. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that the one small forward we were heavily associated with was not the crummer that um, certainly most of us think, um, think that we need.
0: Well, let's talk about Jamie Elliott for a second. Now, I bu- fully believe that we were used and abused in that, I, I, 100%, his manager um, used us to get a better deal out of Collingwood. Uh, then when Brisbane came into the picture, they were used as well, particularly the optics of having him being paraded around the Gabba, which isn't even their training facility. Um, that was fully staged, I reckon, and it was all to get a better deal out of Collingwood. I don't think he was going anywhere and unless Collingwood really said, all right, because they had put an offer down to him, but uh, I think he was always going to take that. Um, and he was just waiting for maybe if they could sweeten it, which I think maybe they did with offering. Did they offer an extra uh, year or not, or, or the potential for an extra year? Uh, whatever yeah, the case I think
2: is. They ca- I think they came up with an extra year for him. Yeah, so. Three instead of two.
0: So we, we were used in that. I, I don't think we were ever a genuine chance, but we did chase him um so obviously they thought we did need uh someone who's a genuine goal kicker but they look obviously, if he did come to us there's that uh chance that uh, he's an injury-prone player he's missed <laughs> he's missed two whole years in the last um five or six yeah um but then our name wasn't really out there for any of the damn butlers the uh, jack martins papley obviously well he was contracted uh do we do we still need a genuine crummer ready-made? I,
2: I, I have a feeling that there was a couple of things in play here. Firstly, um, uh, the priorities that the football department would have put on um, the type of our needs. Um, so while we're out chasing Tomlinson and, and Langdon, um, they're the first things that we have to get over the line. And then I suspect that Elliot was the third thing that, was um, uh, to be looked at and maybe something else. So, while that, I, I suspect that's why our name wasn't heard. Um, chasing all these other players because we'd actually gone off and done what we wanted to, and then having cleared that, we might have been in discussions at a later point. Um, I, I still think there's a, I still think there's a need. But again, uh, at um, uh, Josh Marnie's exit interview, he talked about. Uh, they the small forward line, sorry, the small forward, they think they can fill that, um, internally. Now, there's a, a few players that you know on Demon Land that have been thrown around, and I'd probably have to agree with them. But the football department would have a better idea of the capabilities of whether someone like Lockhart um, can do the job. Um, but, uh, um, and is Petty. Um, likely to make that step up again next year as that third tool in the forward line. Um, again, it all comes down to the priorities. Uh, we got what we wanted. We didn't get the nice icing on the cake in this in this case. Perhaps it would have cost us a lot to put that icing on. Um, but as he said, you, you've got to have a faith in your current group of players to make that next step. So at this point, we just have to trust them. Uh,
0: great, Viney. Um... Thoughts on, uh, on on small forwards. Um, who's going to fill that role next year?
1: Yeah, look, I I thought Lockhart showed uh, showed quite a bit of promise this year um, in the games that he played. So that is a possibility. I know that uh, there are a few names being thrown around as possible um, draft prospects. Mm. Um, is Cody Waitman the son of Dale? or a relation of Dale Waitman? I've
0: seen, he, I've seen his name there and I just assumed he was. Um, mm. and what, what worries me there is that, uh, wouldn't, uh, they take him as a father, son. Um, and I haven't heard that being thrown around. Uh, Ooh, if he was, not you know, uh, what's his name? Cody, Cody, uh, Waitman. Uh, look, I've got
1: faith in the forward line. Um, uh, to to be uh, to kick enough goals next year. We had enough forward entries in most games this year. I think once the connection is back, um, and once uh, McDonald and hopefully Sam can play some consistent, regular football, and I think there's enough sort of variety and X factor um, uh, in those that sort of surround them. Um, and I'm thinking primarily of uh, uh, Fritch, tracker, and melksham um, uh, that we should be able to get by even if we don't add to current stocks but it'd be good to um,
0: yeah. I've just looked up uh, him on the internet and on the AFL Draft Central page uh, there's no mention of the word Dale in there and you would think that's a shoo-in to be mentioned if he was the son mm. of so I, I don't think he is
2: do you think there's a lot of faith being put in Weedham uh, this year to um, to come through? Because if he doesn't develop this year, uh, we've got a forward line of Tom Mack. Yeah. Yep,
1: I think there is. Uh, yeah. Can he get by just with the one tall um, and, and a series of sort of mids and smalls around you? I, I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah.
2: I suppose yeah, it's, I a guess, bit, it's a big question. Um, you, know, you look at Richmond yep. when they only had uh, uh, Rewalt down forward line didn't do a great deal. As soon as they put Lynch in there, they look rather awesome.
1: Yeah, wow. yeah. Look, but... um, you know, Sam had a really good end to 2018. Had a forgettable 2019, and um, those good games seem a long, um, a long time ago now. But um, mm. still very young, so. Let's see how he goes this year, and uh, I, I think we'll 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 know more at the end of this year about um, about you know how good Sam Wiedemann's going to be. Yeah,
0: yeah. The the other one I was I I wasn't too keen on trying to get uh, Josh Jenkins in. I know no one sort of wanted to touch him, um, but then when you look at his stats and you see you know he's a two goal a game player, um, the you know and we could have potentially got him quite cheaply. I was surprised uh, we weren't looking there, but obviously they don't. They think we we're we're right in that um, in that area. Well,
1: unless you're going to play the three tools, if you bring in, a, a, you know, someone who's who's going to play right now, a Josh Bruce or a Josh Jenkins, then you're effectively you're effectively um, declaring the Wiedemann project finished already, aren't you? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we didn't get Jenkins. He he might get two goals a game, but it's because he's he's a great big huge body that just sits in the goal square. Um, he, he doesn't do very much work at all yep. outside that. So um, yep. uh, while well, that's useful, and also he's got he's he's got a pair of iron hands as well. He doesn't take too many overhead marks. It's usually um, um, when he's got a smaller opponent or he's been left out the back. So I was glad that we didn't didn't go for him. Josh Bruce was an interesting one. I still can't work out why the Bulldogs went for him given they've got Norton and um, Shackie, uh in their forward line. Um, and I was surprised that St. Kilda gave him away, quite frankly, but you know, these are the, the quirks of the trade.
0: Yeah, was. Uh, uh, my my reasoning for sort of wanting to make a play for, for Josh Bruce was uh, so that we could finally beat St. Kilda um, <laughs> <laughs> without him there. <laughs>
2: That's all right
0: still there. <laughs> yeah exactly um and also, I think someone on Deemland mentioned that uh they they wanted to see him play an intra club match so that they could see him kick eighteen goals uh considering he always stitches us up, so yeah. um yeah look um look, our names wasn't wasn't mentioned much with with these guys, so either they we were knocked back early or um we weren't going for them, so um. It is what it is, and, um, yep, the trade period is over. Um, now that it is over, how did you rate? Uh, if you had to give a, um, a, a grade, um, where, do, where do you sit uh, uh, Grape Viney? Um, I think we had a, a poll on, on Demonland. Where, where, did, where did your votes fall uh, there?
1: This is a tricky one because you really need the passage of time to play out.
0: Just on the face of it, yes. Uh,
1: Look, on face value, uh, I got to give it a B plus.
0: Yeah, I gave it a B plus. Mine was sort of between B and B plus, and uh, yeah, well, uh, obviously, time will pick eight
1: eight takes it into plus territory from a from what would have been a solid B. So, uh, well
2: done,
0: Uh, George. uh, Your thoughts?
2: I'd, I'd have to go the same. Looking at other other clubs' trades, I'd say most most clubs got exactly what they want, apart from a couple of very obvious standouts who got nothing, um, or or a club like Adelaide that's only had departures and I don't think they have had any arrivals. Adelaide lost six players this year um, in the trade period, which is remarkable. Um, so from our perspective, we got what we wanted. Uh, the, the, as Crepiney said, the, um, the additional pick from North Melbourne was, a, was an absolute ripper um, to make to move it up to a B, B plus. Um, yeah, so I, I think we've done very well out of out of what we wanted to achieve and what we did achieve in the end. So um, yeah, full congratulations to Marnie for that.
0: Well, the the poll on Demon Land uh, had uh, B plus winning with twenty seven percent B. Coming next with twenty-two, uh then C plus at thirteen percent, uh B minus at twelve percent, uh nine percent said A minus, eight percent said A, um C was three percent and um we had a couple of uh point eight three percent at the C minus, D plus a D, and someone gave us an F. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah, we, sure I'm sure I we, can name those
2: posters. Well, well yeah, I, yeah, something to do with fences and something to do with little. <laughs>
0: well, actually, it wasn't. I, I won't even mention the uh, the one that uh, the F because uh, uh, I bet yeah. he's not sorry about it. No, no, it wasn't no. him either, <laughs> either. But uh, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, that is uh, that's the trade <laughs> trade period uh, uh, done and dusted. And we look forward to the draft, and perhaps we'll we'll do a show. Uh, I'd,
2: I'd, I'd be interested to find out um, what people would think about which club did you think got an A out of out of the trade period.
0: Well, I think the two that sort of uh, look, St. Kilda and Bulldogs, uh, sort of went out. They sort of got the big names that were sort of out there. Uh, St. Kilda had five players that they were targeting, and they got them all. So if that, that's got to be, no,
2: and they've got no draft picks left. <laughs> no,
0: well that's it. So you got to. So I don't know if they get an A. Definitely not an A plus. Maybe between A and a, at a B plus or an A minus or something, uh, because they are out of the draft. Uh, I think they managed to keep their first next year. No, no they're,
2: they're ne- their next first draft pick is
0: 51. No, but ne- next year's draft, they, there was uh, the conjecture that they might have to give up for Brad Hill the, the future first. Yeah. They didn't, so they kept that. Um, yeah, it seems that they did the best. But then again, remember that year? I think it was not last year, the year before when Port Adelaide bought all those got all those players in, everyone said they got an A-plus in the thing and they didn't even make the finals. And I think the same year Essendon okay. bringing in Saad and, and Stringer also got the A-pluses, but uh, they failed to make the finals as well. So time's going to tell whether the trade period, but on the face of it, I think St Kilda and Bulldogs did the best out of it. Um, one of the, the, one of the uh, media outlets had us ranked fifth. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: Does it really matter?
0: No, it doesn't until until we see what happens. No, it doesn't. Yeah, as, so. as
2: Grapevine he said, the, the, the passage of time and around about the last weekend of September will be uh, next year will be the interesting um, uh, time to make an assessment about whether it was successful or not.
0: Uh, we mentioned earlier in the program uh, uh, Adam Uze's name got mentioned. There was there was talk that he you know, the Dees were trying to get him to come over. Uh, I think I saw a post someone had put up from Russell Robertson somewhere that uh, actually mentioned, actually sort of confirmed that, uh, you know, Uze was considering it but ended up up re-signing with the Hawks and then actually interviewed for the uh, Adelaide job, Uh, didn't get it in the end.
2: that's
0: probably good for him. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's good. I think if, if we ever do see him come to the D's it'll probably be as a coach, uh but uh watch his face with what happens uh with the D's and, and uh and Simon Goodwin. But uh I'd like to see Uze come back. Um and not necessarily because he played for the Demons, but it sounds like he's got some good credentials uh behind him. Um and we've seen the success rate that uh people who have um done their apprenticeships under um under uh, Clarkson, have, have how they've succeeded. So, yeah, um, I'd like to see him come back at some point. Um, yep. uh, Melbourne, we'll, we'll finish it up in a moment, but uh, the Melbourne best and fairest uh, was a couple of weeks ago. No surprises um, who came first. Uh, well, equal first. I, I was actually, sorry, I was surprised. Uh, that there was an equal first, um, I knew that Max and Clayton would uh, would come one and two. Uh, I wasn't expecting them to to be level, and the fact that uh, Clary was leading going into the last round ra- must have been leading going into the last round because Max uh, we didn't know that, but Max had a uh, an outstanding game in the final game, so you would have thought he would have got maximum votes. Um, pardon the pun in that um, in that last game, uh, so. Clayton was leading going into the last round, which which is what surprised me most out of that. But uh, well done to both of them. Um, yeah,
1: I, I was also surprised that Clary Clary had a great season, obviously. But uh, I think most of us thought Max would win and probably win uh, comfortably from Clarence.
0: Now the, the voting, the voting, um, uh, I think they mentioned that uh, four people give votes. Um, and they give every player a what was it between out of, 10. out of ten so you can get zero or you can get ten or anywhere in between uh, four people give the votes and um, and yeah they tally them up uh were you surprised at some of the other names that uh, came in the top ten so third was Jack Viney I think we we're probably all surprised uh, at how high Jack finished uh George did that surprise you um
2: um it's, it's always difficult because the people who are handing out the votes are the coaches and, you know, they're making an assessment about not only whether the player has played a good game but whether the player has done what the co- them as the coaches wanted them to do. So there's a lot of things um, going on in the background that we're not aware of. Um, but given our, given our year, I think uh, any player that, that played 20-plus games <laughs> would have been higher, high That's... up, you know, because there weren't too many others other than... Those um, those top twenty players, we didn't have any too many available to, to play a whole season. So, and you but know what, this this year was about endurance rather than skills.
0: I think you're right there because when I have a look at the Demonland Player of the Year uh, award, um, he did come sixth. So I can't be too surprised about that. And and the Demonland, we take uh, a whole lot of people uh, give votes after each game: six, five, four, three, two, one, and we randomly take three each week, three different ones each week. Um, and then tally up the scores at the end. So, so Jack did come sixth, though uh, I can't be surprised. But I was surprised. I, I thought James Harms would have come third. Um, and as it stands, uh, James came fourth. Uh, Petraca fifth. Uh, you know, no surprise there. He had probably one of his best years for 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 the D's. Uh, Fritch uh, uh, sixth. Um, were you surprised Fritchie finishing up so high? He had a he had a great uh, end to the year, but uh, the start to the year wasn't wasn't so flash. Um,
1: the fact is that somebody's got to finish in these places, yes. and when yeah. you've got the majority of the list has had a poor year, it's true. Uh, yeah. some of them are going to float to the top. It happened yeah. plenty of times in the early part of the decade. And I seem re- to recall
2: Fritschwood, for example, was our sole forward at one stage, wasn't
0: he? So well, he took a hit when we spoke to him on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, he'd had a great couple of weeks. Uh, I think he'd had uh, plus ten marks in 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 quite a few games uh, towards the end of the season. So actually, I'm not surprised that he, he did finish up very strongly. He did come seventh in the Demonland Player of the Year. So uh, six in the BNF is good. Salem came seventh. Uh, Brayshaw eighth. Um, Frosty uh, ninth, and Jaden Hunt. Uh, well, Jaden did have uh, he sort of flitted in and out, but uh, had a pretty uh, consistent year, um, and makes the top ten. Um, anything else uh, from you boys? Um, you uh, I, you're doing your pre seasons, ready for, <laughs> for a, a big year? Are you still on your I, holidays?
2: I, I think the uh, the last thing that that's just cropped up in the last 24 hours is the uh, pre-season draft now with um, oh, yes. Jack Martin yeah. uh, <laughs> and what's going to happen there and whether whether we'll get the uh, first crack at him or whether we're prepared to use the money that we might have used on Elliot on Martin. I I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Martin in recent times to know anything about him. Uh, anything that you guys might have seen?
0: Um. Look, he's had pretty disappointing uh, couple seven years, six or seven years that he's been at the Gold Coast. We, you know, he's he had big raps on him, but I don't think he's ever hit those highs. Um, he's a player that's always his name's always cropped up on Demon Land as a sort of someone we should target uh, every time his sort of name's been up there. You know, we've got out of contract and trying to get him uh, somewhere else. Um, but from what it sounds like. Uh, he wants to get to Carlton. Um, mm. Obviously, they couldn't get the deal done on the night, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion Carlton sort of knew what they were doing in this respect, and if they uh, they thought and knew if if Gold Coast maybe they lowballed the offer to the Gold Coast, knowing that they're you know he's not going to go in the he's not going to go to the Gold Coast even if they pick him up in the preseason draft, and they probably knew that he's going to put a price on his head that we couldn't or wouldn't uh, match. Um, and from what I've heard, uh, he doesn't want to speak to anyone else except Carlton. So even though we've got the pick before the Blues in the preseason season draft, um, I don't think he'll get to us. Um, we've made the inquiries apparently. Um, doesn't want to talk. So um, uh, Greg Viney, do you know anything more on this situation?
1: No, or? no, I don't. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it's the end of the world no. uh, yeah. if we don't get Jack Martin
2: it It's going to be an interesting situation. I saw on some news feed tonight that um, Cochrane, the um, head of the Gold Coast Suns, said that they they'll take him, they'll draft him back if needed. So,
0: so what happens there? He said he won't go back there. Do, uh, would they be that vindictive? Um, and if, they're in their rights to do that's it. That's the
2: question. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, you know, if he puts himself in the in the draft, then when you're drafted, you're drafted. So, um,
0: so, so what happens?
2: If he goes in the pre-season and puts a monetary value on himself, um, it's up to the club who draft him to pay him that amount. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I'd imagine he's on a reasonable weekend up the Gold Coast in any case. So um, it'll be interesting if Gold Coast were to say, you can stay with us, thanks very much.
0: So so what, um, what happens um, if – can you put yourself – do you have to put yourself in the draft to be uh, taken in the preseason draft, or can you just put yourself in the preseason draft? Because I imagine if he puts himself in the draft, is he then allowed to put a price on his head no, in the draft? In
2: the, in the main draft, you can't put a price. In the preseason, you have the option of doing that.
0: So, can you? Do you have to put yourself in the draft to, um, or can you put yourself just in a preseason draft? Is is the question I'm asking? Because if he puts himself in the draft, he can't put the price on his head, means anyone can pick him up or Carlton have to use one of their picks to pick him up then.
2: That's correct, yeah. Yeah. Or he goes into the preseason draft either with a price on his head or not. Um, And the price is
0: is apparently 700 grand and I I don't know if we'd go for that. Uh, I don't know what our space is like.
2: That's right, yeah it'll be a, it'll be an interesting situation for someone who was a very high draft pick only a couple of years ago but um, uh, you would think that um, you would think that Carlton would know a little bit more about him with Silvani having worked up there, uh, sorry worked at GWS but um, um, yeah on paper he looks good but at seven hundred thousand dollars if that's his price it's, it seems a bit excessive for someone who hasn't played all that much football in the last couple of years
0: mmm Interesting. Watch this space. I, I, I can't yeah. see him coming to, to the days, uh, but I wouldn't mind us sort of uh, putting spanners into the works and sort of saying in the media, yeah, we're going to take him or something like that just to maybe drive up his price a bit and cop it. Yeah, there was another up.
2: media, I think it was on the Channel 9 News tonight, said that Melbourne had uh, made some initial um, uh, inquiries about him, which you know, 'd hardly expect in any case yeah, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what does fall out of out of all this, but stranger things have happened in the last uh, uh, couple of weeks around draft time in the, particularly the preseason. season
0: just before before we end up uh, in the show tonight there were, there are two players on our list who who are still uncontracted uh that's uh, Jake kennedy Harris and um Billy Stretch, what what do you boys suspect's going to happen? Uh, there's been a few teams sort of delisting players uh, today. Uh, do you expect either of those to be delisted, or do you think they'll retain them on a year contract or rookie list them or, or whatnot? Well, uh, don't.
1: don't We've got to have a certain number of players on the list, so. Mm. What happens then if we do delist two? Where do we pick up the extra two?
0: Well, I've seen we've got in the in the draft. Uh, I saw today we had pick obviously pick three, pick eight, and they threw out um, pick ninety seven was there as well. Uh, do, is that is that including if like if we were to delist those players, do we then get two extra picks in the draft? Whether it be pick one hundred and eight or. Whatever. I'm not sure. I don't
1: don't know what the list number is at the moment, unfortunately. But um, I don't. I don't see either of those players um, as having a future. Anything beyond being depth um, at at Melbourne. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Have to have to agree with that. Um, again, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it exactly, but I believe that if we delist those two, then we would have five spaces available either on the senior lists and the rookie lists, uh, the two rookie lists. Um, but as finally said, I don't see they're, they're just they're just depth. Obviously, there wasn't any interest from other clubs about them. Um, both of them have been on our list for a good amount of time and really haven't shown anything that would necessarily warrant them staying um how much depth do you need or you do do you take the the um the risk with um someone off a rookie list um we've done reasonably well with rookie lists over the years and a lot of other clubs have as well um putting putting a player um into those areas and seeing how they develop you're not going to get anything more out of billy or jkh than what you see today um I, I, I don't see any problem with delisting.
0: Um, the, the other one we didn't talk about uh was um there's been the word that we might pick up as a, a delisted free agent. Uh Sam Murray uh from mm. Collingwood. He wasn't offered a contract in Collingwood. He's the player that uh was banned for um was how many was it two years? I think or a year. Ten, ten weeks. Oh, it was what only was ten weeks. Okay. So he couldn't get back into the team after that. That was uh for the the, the Oh positive... sorry, that was
2: that was Jaden Stevenson ten weeks, was not it? Yeah, yes, yeah. Care.
0: No, I'll take Jaden Stevenson <laughs> <laughs> but uh Sam Murray, uh I think that was the cocaine uh right. charge, um uh apparently he's cleaned himself up, uh uh would you give him a shot. Uh, all I've seen from him, I saw a couple of highlights uh, they put on. I was impressed with the highlights. His kicking wasn't great, but sort of puts his body on the line, took some great marks, some tackles, has quite a bit of pace as well. Um, from what you've seen, would you give him a go? Great I fun. haven't seen anything. You haven't seen anything. All right, uh, perhaps uh, go onto the Sam Murray thread, and uh, we'll get back to me in a few weeks' time.
2: But, but after, particularly after the Elliott event, I'm I'm very conscious about: do we really trust Collingwood to give players away? And if they are, why why are they doing it? So.
0: Uh, Gray Viney, have you seen anything of uh, Sam Murray? No, 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 I
2: haven't. I can't add too much
0: on that front no, either, I, I'm afraid. We'll, uh, maybe I'll uh, have to get some new co-hosts that actually um, yeah, follow yeah. what's going on. Exactly. <laughs> hang, hang out looking at players
2: who haven't played for two years.
0: Um, the other one that people on Demonland are keen to, I don't know if I am considering his injury history, um and I don't know if anyone will throw him a lifeline, uh, uh, Benel, Harley is it Harley Bennell um, mm. uh, from Freo, who's had uh, multiple calf uh, issues. Uh, would you throw him a lifeline? Pass. George?
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to say calf injuries have a an unfortunate habit of recurring and recurring again, um, and then he's got his off-field problems yeah. as well. Um, so it's, it's an awful big in. Investment compared to say someone like a, a Sam Murray, um, who who doesn't have those other uh, that other baggage hanging over his head, sort of thing. So, and, and once again, we we have to trust the football department. They know more than us. That, that they would have been looking at these guys and seeing whether there is any value to be had there. Um, I, I simply don't know. So we'll take what 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 their expertise uh, throws up for us.
0: All right. Well. Um... Well boys thank you very much for joining us uh in this uh special edition uh trade wrap up uh it's always fun to to go over the trades um hopefully we um <laughs> excuse me hopefully we do something in uh at the draft that's uh worth getting excited about um mm-hmm. need uh <laughs> need to inject some youth into to this team and hopefully we get some 300 uh plus uh players out of out of this um yeah uh when is the draft by the way any is he, th- mid november yeah um,
2: be, I can't
0: anyway all right um, well I think uh, that's where we'll uh, end proceedings tonight um, thank you uh, George for, for for joining us and uh, great Viney um, you too thank you very much and we'll uh, we'll see you guys uh, perhaps after the draft.
2: thank you very much Andy See
0: you. all right thanks guys Come on. In. Come on in.